brought to you by Stanley Tools. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And Happy New Year 2015 is here. And if you're stuck on how to best update your home decor to keep up with the latest looks, this hour we've got a sneak peek at the hottest colors interior designers are predicting for the season. And also ahead, we've got the latest trends in bathroom design. You know, more Americans are looking for that spa-like experience in their own home, so we've got the tips on the latest fixtures and products that are going to give you that spa feeling. And speaking of bathrooms, is that steady drip, drip, drip slowly driving you crazy? Well, we're going to teach you how to silence faucet leaks for good and and stop that drip in just a bit. Plus this hour, we're giving away a tool to help you keep up with your home maintenance digitally. The HomeZada cloud-based software system. So if being more organized is one of your 2015 resolutions, HomeZada is for you. And a one-year subscription to the HomeZada Premium is worth $59, but it's free for one caller we talked to on the air this hour. So... Get out that list of New Year's resolutions for your home. Pick up the phone and call us. We are here to help you check them off. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Going out to California where Marlene's got a question about a rotten egg smell in the bath. What's going on? In our master bathroom shower, when you turn on the hot water faucet, it smells like rotten eggs. It's really awful. And um, this lasts for, you know, several minutes, and then it'll go away. We have, oh, six other hot water faucets in the house, including a shower, and none of these faucets do this. And so we were wondering, you know, should we call a plumber? Would a plumber know what to do to uh, change this? Marlene, that odor usually stems from your water heater, even though you're only smelling it in those couple of bathrooms. I suspect it could be forming in your water heater. That sort of rotten egg or sulfur smell is actually caused by bacteria in the water, and it's reacting to the deterioration of the sacrificial anode, which is inside a water heater. It's usually made of magnesium or aluminum, and it will react with that and cause that odor. So one of the solutions is to replace that anode. And if you look at the top of the water heater, that looks like there's a bolt sort of stuck into the top of the water heater. That's the anode there. And if you pull that anode out and replace it, uh, even with one, a better bet is one that's made of zinc. There's, there's a type of anode called zinc alloy. Um, that will stop that odor from happening. Oh, okay. It's probably best to have a plumber do that, yeah. But if you call a plumber about this rotten egg odor, and tell them to look at your anode, I think you might find the solution right there. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Olin's on the line with a wainscoting question. How can we help you today? Yes. Uh, I was wanting to do some wainscoting in my living room, and uh, I'd seen some people do it with pallets, actually taking the, the pieces off and using the slats for the wainscoting. And I know they do treat them with some chemicals and stuff. And as long as I run it through a planer and everything, would that pretty much treat it as long as it's filled up with the polyurethane and all that to keep it from being toxic from with the children and stuff? Well, I can't really answer that question because I'm not sure how they treat the pallets. And frankly, I've torn a lot of pallets apart in my day as, as things have been delivered. And I never really had a concern about treatment and never actually can recall smelling an odor from the treatment well i i never would have thought about it but i looked at some stuff at some palette ideas online and i saw 
where some people had done wood floors with them and the wainscoting, and it just it looked stunning, really. It was totally different looking from what you'd think a pallet would usually be, you know. Right. And so that's what gave me the idea, and I thought, well, that's, that would be a cheap uh, yeah, and hey, it's an it's an it's an upcycling too, Leslie. I mean, you're taking something and reusing it in a new and creative way. Better than sending it to ground to a to a to a dump. Yeah. Well, I I wouldn't be personally too concerned about uh, treatment because I'm not sure that, it, that that they are treated. But I would say that if you detect any odors and you're thinking that they're treated, then you know it, the virtue of the fact that you're going to seal them will probably minimize that. So I, for me, I don't think it would be a concern. Okay. Well, that sounds good, and I appreciate it, guys. All right, Owen, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Happy New Year, everybody. It is officially 2015, which means you will be writing 2014 on your documents for the next, I'm guessing, three to six months. (laughs) (laughs) It does take a while. But we are here to help you with all of your home improvement Problems, questions, dilemmas, home improvement resolutions. We're here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Coming up, get your first peek at the color trends making their way to the palettes of interior designers everywhere when the Money Pit continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. If you could have cleaners that were safe, green, and actually work, wouldn't it be great to save money with them too? Shackley's concentrated products save you money ounce for ounce. Shop Shackley Get Clean products today at GreenMyMoneyPit.com. That's GreenMyMoneyPit.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. And if we talk to you on the air this hour you could win a one-year subscription to Homezada. Now, if you're already struggling with those New Year's resolutions, I mean, come on, we're only a couple days in, but it's easy to start struggling. So we've got a solution for your resolution. It's Homezada. It's an online and smartphone software app that tracks everything from your home improvement projects to your maintenance to cleaning schedules and receipts, and it puts it all in one place. Do you think I could put my teenagers on Homezada and give them a cleaning schedule that they'd follow? Yeah, why not? I bet you can do it. I'm sure you could do it, whether they'll actually listen or not. You know, if it had sort of like a stun gun built into it so that they don't clean their rooms, then maybe you'll give them a shock in the pocket or something. <laughs> yeah, that could be helpful. But uh, I doubt that they would go that far. <laughs> but for the rest of you, it's great product. It's worth $59 going out to one caller drawn at random. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Let's get to the phones. Leslie, who's next? Denise in Ohio is on the line with some window condensation. Tell us what's going on. I've got some uh, windows. They're double pane. The house is about 10 years old, and I am constantly battling condensation in the windows. I typically, with a lot of the windows, open them um, daily and close them at nighttime. If there's some windows that I don't get to in the wintertime when it gets really cold, there's water dripping, it pools, it turns to ice. I try and get some of that... um, putty type stuff that you can put in the bottom and along the sides. Is the condensation inside the panes of the windows or is it like on the inside surface? Inside surface of the house. All right. Now, these are thermal pane windows or single pane windows? Double. Well, clearly the insulated glass is not insulated. So 
That's why you're getting this level of condensation. If you had truly insulated glass, it would be too warm for this condensation to occur. But you have warm, moist air in the house. It's striking the very, very cold, virtually uninsulated glass and then condensing on that glass and dripping down. So that's what's going on. That's what's causing the moisture. It's nothing more than, unfortunately, bad windows. So with that said, replacement windows are in your future. Now, you don't have to do it immediately, but it's a project you're going to have to face. I mean, the good news is that replacement windows, the costs have come down. They're all custom made by, by just by nature. So uh, the company will measure the windows in your house. And by replacing them, they simply pull out the sashes, the old sashes, and slip in a new window, like into the old hole. And it looks great. It works well. It's just a good system. So that's in your future. For now, though, what we need to do is two things. We need to take as much humidity out of the house as we can. And secondly, I'd like to see you get a barrier in front of those windows. So if you could use, for example, a uh, insulated shade, one that has sort of those um, honeycomb kind of designs, that would help a little bit. I've got double right now, and I just ordered triple for some other windows. Well, that will help because that basically will stop some of that warm, moist air from hitting the window. And also drapes. I mean, shades and drapes help the situation. In terms of the humidity, there are a number of ways we can attack this. Uh, first of all, you want to make sure you start outside your house looking at the drainage conditions at the foundation perimeter. Because believe it or not, if water is allowed to collect around the foundation, and if it doesn't run away from your house, if the gutters aren't extended away from the house, that foundation will absorb water and it will release into the air once it gets inside. That adds the humidity. So I would definitely do that. Secondly, I would ask you to check to make sure that all your vent fans are venting out, not recirculating because that will help as well. And thirdly, up in the attic, you want to make sure that you're well ventilated because that vapor pressure starts at the basement or, or, or first floor will permeate all the building materials and, and end up in the attic. And if the attic's not ventilated enough, it's going to kind of hang right there. So those are ways to reduce humidity inside the house. Of course, you could also use a whole home dehumidifier. Uh, but I think in this case, if we just control moisture and try to get something that's protecting those windows, that's the best you're going to do short of replacing them. Well, what about getting some circulation? If I open them earlier in the morning and get some circulation going, will that... Uh, you're, it's, listen, this is just science, okay? Warm, warm, moist air against cold surface equals condensation. You know, it, the flip, you, see this, you see this in the summer when you go outside with a glass of iced tea and moisture forms on the outside of it. It's the same thing. It's just happening in the winter in your house because everything is, re- is reversed. The warm, moist air is inside the house, and that cold glass is your window. Yes, and unfortunately, we have to keep the humidity at a certain temperature because of asthma and allergies. Yeah. All right. Didn't get as good of windows as I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> All right Denise. Sorry we couldn't give you better news, but maybe you'll get through with that. 888-666-3974. Well, it's a new year, and do you find that you're looking to give your home a color update? Well, House Beautiful asked 11 interior designers. I don't know why they didn't ask me, but they asked 11 other interior designers to give their predictions about the hottest colors for 2015. And there were some really surprising results. Like the 60s, color palette is making a comeback in a renewed way. You may see use of avocado green and sunset orange, but with a more modern feel. And another decade is also making an appearance, the 80s. These designers predict the pastel colors popular in that era will be back in style as well. Yeah, Grecian blue is a color that you're going to see everywhere. It's a rich shade that really evokes the Mediterranean, and it's going to make an appearance on walls, furniture, and fabrics. And gray is still 
still the hottest neutral going, and it gives you a great backdrop for some of these more vibrant colors that you can feature. And designers predict dynamic color groupings as well, like black and white with pops of red or brown and green and hints of orange. And one thing we always say, paint is the cheapest and easiest way to transform a room. So don't be afraid of color. After all, it's just paint. You can do it again and again and again. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Terry in Illinois is on the line with a water pressure sort of issue going on because the shower is just not strong enough. Tell us what's going on, Terry. I live in the country. My home's about uh, thirteen or 1,400 feet from my meter, and we have uh, somewhat of a pressure problem. The, the biggest problem is the temperature that gets robbed when you're in the shower or uh, one of the faucets. If another faucet is turned on or if the washing machine starts up or whatever. And so you're getting shower shock, right? You're getting the, the temperature in the water is, is changing, getting hot or cold and and uh, causing causing a domestic disturbance in the house? Mostly when I'm in the shower. <laughs> of course. All right. So, Terry, we, we, have, we have the technology. We have a solution. And it's called a pressure-balanced valve. This is going to uh, save, save your, domestic, your domestic tranquility. We'll return it to its natural state of peace and calm. And here's how it works. Basically, a pressure-balanced valve makes sure that the mix between the hot water and the cold water, once set, does not change regardless of what happens to the pressure on either side of the equation. So while the mix is, is locked in, you, might find, you may find that the flow changes. You might get a little more water or a little less water, depending on what's going on with other fixtures in the house. But the mix won't change. And because the mix doesn't change, your temperature, your temperature is steady. steady. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you want to replace that a shower valve with one that's called a pressure-balanced valve. And that will solve that problem. Okay. All right. Good luck with that project. Sherry in Texas is on the line with a siding question. How can we help you today? We had this little cottage moved in that uh, has siding on it, but we want it to look like the other outbuildings uh, and put redwood siding on it. Uh, To put siding over siding, do you use a special nail? Is it possible to do that, or do you use screws? Well, first of all, the siding that you have right now, is it flat or is it clapboard? What does it look like? It's flat siding. So like a plywood kind of a of a, of a surface? Uh, yes, yes. It's an ugly siding, and we want to go with a redwood siding. All right, so here's what I would do, and, and this is for a shed? Uh, yes, uh-huh. So what I would do is I would take building paper, tar paper or even Tyvek, but it's really not necessary, but just tar paper. I would put that up first, and then I would attach the siding on top of that, driving the nails into the original siding. You do not need to remove the original siding. That said, remember, if you've got doors or windows, you may have to build out the edge a little bit around to make up the difference because the siding is going to be thicker than the old stuff. Okay. All right. Put tar paper under it. Thank you so much. John's on the line and he's dealing with a mold situation. Tell us what's going on. I have uh, a mold problem around my shower door. I bought the house two years ago. I stripped all the caulking out when I... uh, had the mold problem. Uh-huh. I've put caulking in with a, a nationally known brand. Yeah. I even used uh, like a saran wrap type thing on my finger to eliminate uh, any contamination. Okay. 
I before I did that, I cleaned it. Uh, I stripped it out with a plastic uh, uh, scraper. I also used uh, mineral spirits to clean it out. Uh, I put it in, and I still have problems with it. Uh, God, I, I I'm I'm just at my wit's end here. I run the humidity in my basement between forty and fifty percent. I leave the shower door open. I even shut the the furnace vent off in there. Uh, to try and keep it so it's, it it uh, doesn't have a breeding of of bacteria or anything or mold in that. Uh, you got to tell me what I need to do. I don't know if I have an off spec uh, caulking that I use, which is nationally known, or if I have an off spec uh, aluminum frame and door that that causes the mold. I I have no idea. Well, look, you're going to get mold when you have moisture and organic material, and in a shower, that organic material can be soap and dirt and that sort of thing. So you're doing the right thing, but let's just back it up and try it again here. You want to remove the old caulk. You mentioned mineral spirits. I usually recommend a bleach and water solution because this kills, this is a mildicide that kills anything that's stuck behind. Um, After you get that all dried out, cleaned out really, really well, then you can apply a caulk with mildicide. I would use a caulk that has microban in it. DAP caulks uh, are available with microban, and it's a good antimicrobial additive uh, that will uh, not grow mold. Now, the other thing I would do is I would also make sure that you have obviously have a bath exhaust fan and that you have an exhaust fan that's hooked up to a humidistat, which takes, uh, you know, takes sort of you and anyone else that's using that bathroom out of the equation. If it's on a humidistat, it's automatically going to kick on when the humidity gets high enough to cause uh, mold problems, and it will stay on for some number of minutes when that humidity goes down to make sure the room is thoroughly vented out. That's the best way to handle that, and I think if you do those steps, you will find success. Hey, thank you very much. Hey, it's the middle of the night, and you're wide awake. Why? Because you are listening to that steady drip, 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 and you are slowly going crazy. We're going to share some faucet repair tips from this old house plumbing and heating contractor, Richard Trithui, that will help restore your sanity. That's next. And this old house on the Money Pit is brought to you by Bostitch Mechanics Tools, delivering the rugged reliability you've come to expect from Bostitch. Designed for the professional, built to last. This is Joe Namath. Now, when I'm not throwing a football around, I'm listening to Tom and Leslie on the Money Pit. On the Money Pit Radio. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Money Pit is presented by Leviton the brand most preferred by builders for wiring devices and lighting controls. With a focus on safety and convenience, Leviton products are the smart solution for all your electrical needs. 
Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, would you like your house to be both clean and green for 2015? Then try out Shackley's Get Clean Kit at GreenMyMoneyPit.com. It's chock full of everything you need to get your house clean without exposing your family to harmful chemicals. Most importantly, the concentrated Shackley products work really well. In fact, Shackley backs up their products with a 100% empty bottle guarantee. So if for any reason you're not completely satisfied, they'll give you all your money back, even if you've used every last drop of everything that's in the bottle. (laughs) Plus, if you try the Get Clean kit today, we're going to send you a copy of the Money Pit Guide to Green Remodeling absolutely free. You can start shopping today at GreenMyMoneyPit.com. That's GreenMyMoneyPit.com. Carl in Arkansas is on the line with a thermostat question. How can we help you? I bought an older house. and uh, The thermostat that's in it now for the heating and air conditioner is an old mercury switch. And what I what I, what I bought is a Honeywell five two switch programmer for five weekdays and a two weekend days. And what I'm wanting to know is, can I? Is that something I can change out myself, or is that something I need to hire an electrician to come do? The package says easy to easy to install, but I've looked it over and it doesn't look like it's that easy to me. <laughs> well, look, if if you're uncomfortable with it. I would not hire an electrician. What kind of heat do you have? Is it gas, oil? What is it? It's electric. Oh, it's electric heat. What kind of furnace do you have? A uh, train. Is this a heat pump? No, no, no. It's not a heat pump. It's a, I, That's one thing I didn't want was a heat pump. It's a straight electric furnace? Right. Straight electric furnace, and it has an outside unit, which is also a train. Oh, uh, uh, wait, wait a minute. Listen to me. If you tell me you have an outside com- condensing unit that works with this, you've got a heat pump. You've got the compressor outside and then the furnace inside. Now, a heat pump is a combination heat pump electric furnace. That's the way they're designed to work. And the reason that that's important is because the thermostat that you chose, and I don't know if this is the case or not, but it has to be rated for a heat pump because the way heat pumps work is when you set your heat, let's say you set your heat at 68 degrees, it starts getting cold outside, right? The, then inside the house, it falls to 67. The heat pump comes on. Still cold. Falls to 66. Heat pump stays on. Still cold. Falls to 65. Now it's a more than two-degree split between what it was set at and and what it is. The heat pump says, I can't keep up with this. I'm going to bring on my friend, the electric furnace. So now the electric furnace coils kick on and then bring the house up to temperature. But by you not having the right thermostat, what can happen is you can run more of the electric furnace and less of the heat pump, which will which will significantly increase your electric bill. So the thermostat you choose has got to be designed for a heat pump. So I would say your first thing to do is to confirm. I don't know if you have an HVAC contractor that you work with, but, but get that system serviced. I mean, all these compressors have to be serviced once a year. If you haven't done it, get it serviced. Get the refrigerant checked out while that guy's in the house. Have him install a heat pump rated thermostat um, because you're obviously uncomfortable with it, and we don't want you to have all those wires apart and and just then then just have a problem where you got no heat or no air. So I wouldn't do it myself because you're uncomfortable with it. And when in doubt, don't do it. But make sure you use the right thermostat. Otherwise, uh, you may drive up those costs unexpectedly. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight eight eight. Money pit. You know, even if you can do it yourself, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should do it yourself. And just like Carl said, if he read the instructions and it still seems confusing to him, then don't do it. 
You know, I mean, if you're not comfortable with it, and especially with something like your furnace where if you hook up the wires wrong, like you're probably not going to break it, but you're not going to have heat, and that could be very unpleasant. The drip, drip, drip of a leaky faucet doesn't have to drive you crazy. You've got options. And we're not talking about earplugs. Here to tell us how to diagnose and fix a leaky faucet is this old house heating and plumbing contractor, Richard Trithui. Welcome, Richard. Hey, guys. And don't call me a drip, please. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not that. But we do waste a lot of water in this country because of leaking faucets and fixtures. What's the main cause of a leak with those faucets fixtures? Where do they break down? Well, they wear out over time. You know, the old-style faucets that you might try to keep repairing have a rubber or neoprene washer in it, and every time you turn that handle, it's compressing the washer, and over time it starts to wear, it starts to wear, it starts to wear. Sometimes you can get impurities up into the water that can add to the wear as well. Excessively hot water can make a washer wear out sooner. People don't realize how hard these faucets work. You know, a family of four, that faucet, hot and cold, goes on and off in that lavatory a lot every day. Never mind the kitchen sink. The kitchen sink takes a beating. So, And a little drip on a faucet is not inconsequential when you start thinking about it. A drip of one drip per second, you know, drip, 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 can use like 3,000 gallons a year. All right, what's 3,000 gallons a year? That's the same water you might use for 180 showers. It adds up, and uh, it shouldn't be ignored. So there are obviously a lot of moving parts when it comes to a faucet. Is it possible to repair it and stop that leak? It's almost always possible to rebuild any faucet, even the ones that go inside the wall. On the old-style faucet, there's a stem, a thing with these threads on it that has a washer at the end that goes up and down, and that washer goes down against a seat. Well, you could replace the seat that's inside the faucet. You know, that's a part that you can get. You can replace the washer. You can replace the stem. So fundamentally, you could rebuild any faucet and make it like new. But it still is that old-style faucet that still will be given a chance to wear because it's sort of primitive the way it goes up and down and works against that washer. That washer takes a bit of a beating. So, Richard, it seems like this year is the 50th anniversary of the single-handle faucet. And, you know, you mentioned that these rubber valves tend to leak, but it seems that today you're finding more and more ceramic valves. Is that a smarter choice? Does it help it to not leak as often? When you just talked about that single lever, that was a cartridge, and that thing would last and last. It wasn't like the rubber washers that wear out all the time. And then that gave way or is giving way to a thing called a ceramic disc. And this is to hold the water. There's two pieces of ceramic that are milled so beautifully that you slide them back and forth and it opens a port for the water. And it isn't a rubber washer that wears. And it's so precise that it lasts and lasts and lasts. So the days of repairing a washer every year or two are really going away with this ceramic valving. And that's really, you see this ceramic valving everywhere now and it's really the rage. Uh, because it lasts long and it's so easy to operate. And the advances in technology and plumbing fixtures and faucets is really fascinating today. You know, we have the WaterSense program, which I kind of compared to sort of the Energy Star program, except that it's designed to encourage manufacturers to make fixtures and faucets that use as little water as possible. Would you agree it's important to look for that designation when you're thinking about making the replacement? Well, it sure is. You know, you hear about these programs, you say, oh, you know, what's the government going to teach me to save water? And, you know, this year we did this project on this old house. We visited this beautiful water tower on the top of the hill that went back to the development of the city of Boston and with this beautiful decorated water tower that looked like a Greek temple. 
And so we had the head guy from the water department for the city of Boston, for all of Massachusetts, actually. And he came out with a factoid to me that really got my attention. And that is, even though the city of Boston has grown in population tenfold, Boston still uses the same amount of water it did in 1900. And that's wow. because of the low-flow shower heads, all the legislation, the low-consumption toilets. And that got my attention. That's saying this program works. And if we didn't have it, imagine what we'd have to do. We could have a water shortage if we weren't smart about it. So I'm fully in favor of this program. Yeah, and another great reason to, in this case, replace rather than repair because you do pick up all of that new water efficiency. Richard Trithui, the plumbing and heating contractor on TV's This Old House. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Great advice. Great to be here. All right. Catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House is brought to you on PBS by Lumber Liquidators. Hardwood floors for less. Still ahead, looking for bathroom makeover ideas? We're going to talk about bathroom trends making their way into showrooms this year, and it's all about the spa experience. We'll have details after this. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. One caller who gets on the air with us this hour is going to win a one-year subscription to HomeZada, the online cloud-based home organization software. Yeah, you guys could say bye-bye to all of those notepads and random papers and file folders because HomeZada tracks everything for you from your receipts to your home improvement checklist and even creates an inventory of your valuables so that should you need to you will have it at the ready for insurance purposes and it's all for just 59 dollars a year but for one caller whose question we answer on the air this hour they'll get a complete free subscription to homesada you can learn more at homesada.com and call us right now for the answer to your home improvement question and your chance to win at one eight 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 money pit Well, more and more Americans want a spa-like experience in their own bathrooms. And bath product designers are taking note because bathtubs are coming out in new and exciting styles. Yeah, for example, taking a cue from your vessel sinks, we're going to see some vessel-style bathtubs. Now, these are so cool-looking. They look like they're actually suspended in the air. Think of like a hammock-like shape in an alcove between two walls. They almost look like they're floating above the floor. I mean, they're really interesting. Now, another style is a standalone tub. No more surrounds and no claw feet either. These are vessel tubs. They're very sleek and modern looking, and they also save space. Yeah, and speaking of saving space, toilets are getting makeovers to become less obvious of a fixture in your bath space. There's even a fold-up model out there. Now, another advance in toilet technology includes lights in the bowl, which, you know, could make for a fun disco theme, or it could make for for really simple trips in the evening or nighttime hours to the bathroom. Check out more great bathroom trends on our blog on moneypit.com. Now we've got Charlene in Tennessee with a flooring question. What can we do for you? Well, uh, we built our house in 2006, and we purchased from the mill solid oak hardwood planks, you know, that we were going to put down for flooring, and it's six inches wide tongue and groove. Under, underneath that, we put 
my husband thinks it's called Advantic. Advantic. It was a 50-year warranty, and the mill told us between that and the tongue and groove solid oak to put six mil of uh, plastic. All right, so what's the problem we're trying to solve here? The problem that we're solving is in a few areas, one which is mainly the bath and the other is the kitchen, there's a squeaking noise. It's like you can't sneak in that area at all. Make okay. that that noise. So when you go on a diet, your husband can can hear you when you try to sneak into the kitchen to get to the refrigerator, huh? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> all right. So look, this has little to do with what is underneath the floor, and more to do with just sort of normal wear and tear and expansion and contraction. The reason those floors are those boards are squeaking is because they're moving. And so what you need to do is to tighten them up. Now, since it's a finished floor, you can't just go willy-nilly throwing nails and screws into it. You've got to be a little more strategic. So what you want to do is find the place where there's a floor joist underneath, and you can do that with a stud finder. And once you identify that spot, you drill small holes through the floor, and you use what's called a trim screw, which is only a little bit bigger than a finished nail. You screw through the finished floor into the floor joist, and that will pull that floor down and make it tighter and reduce the amount of movement that it's capable of, and that's what's going to quiet down your squeak. A little harder to do when it's a finished floor, but that's the way to do it. Okay, it sounds like it might be an easy fix. Hey, crooked doors, they can be a nuisance. And you know what? They're kind of tricky to fix. Well, what is the best way to get them back in place? We'll tell you after this. Hey, they, they The Money Pit is presented by Quick Crate Concrete and Cement Products. Quick Crate, what America's made of. Like us on Facebook and visit online at www.quickcrate.com for product information and easy step-by-step project videos. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, are you feeling a little guilty about all of that time that you spend online? Well, we can help. Spend more time online. Head to Facebook.com slash The Money Pit and click like for extra home improvement ideas and advice. And voila, your time online is no longer wasted. You are getting valuable home improvement advice that you can put to good use at your Money Pit. And you can post your home improvement question online at MoneyPit.com. We've got one here from Sarah who says, My bedroom door is not closing properly. I think it was installed on an angle. What's the best way to make this small adjustment? I don't want to run the risk of ruining the door, so should I just sand down the parts that are scraping the door frame? Well, maybe, but that's kind of the hard way to adjust a door, Sarah. The thing is, you have to remember that a door is going to move in different ways. So let's say, for example, if your door is sticking in the top right corner, then the way to fix that is maybe to tighten up the screws behind the hinge that are opposite that because that will pull that door a little bit tighter into the jam and loosen it up. So I would try to adjust the door and the door jams first before I just got out a sander and started to stand (laughs) away my door because the truth is you may not have to do that. Yeah, and it really is sort of trial and error. You just have to sort of experiment with which screw does what. You know, I have the same thing whenever I'm installing cabinet doors, especially with that Euro-style hinge. They're not quite closing right and you have to like unscrew this one and screw that one and move this one so really just experiment with that sarah and you'll find a good spot to get that door working well all right next up we have one from bobby in georgia who writes 
I'm excited about my new high-efficiency washer, but not about the part in the manual that says I might need to reinforce the floor beneath it. What's that all about? Well, it sounds to me like that might be a little bit of the washing machine manufacturer sort of covering their anatomy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't think you need to reinforce the floor completely. But I don't think you have to like beef it up. I mean, the machine's not that heavy. But here's is what happens with high efficiency machines. They spin really, really, really fast. So if your floor, um, if your machine is not perfectly level, they can tend to vibrate. There is a solution though, it's called an anti-vibration block. And I actually bought some of these at uh, at Home Depot when I put my last machine in. They're right on the store shelf there, easy to find. There are these thick rubber blocks with sort of spaces in them for the feet of the washing machine. They're like shock absorbers. And the machine sits in there and they absorb the vibration as the machine spins. And so if it's level and you've got these vibration blocks, I think that's all you need to worry about. All right. Next up, we have a post here from Minion45, who clearly likes Despicable Me, who writes, Laminate is on floor. Some is buckled due to moisture. If I sand down these areas, will I be able to lay the vinyl flooring over the laminate? This is the main floor with basement below. No, 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 no. You completely misunderstand what laminate floor is. It's not a floor that you can sand down. If your laminate's buckled, you've got to tear it up and put down new floor. I would put down new laminate floor. It's going to be far more durable than vinyl, but you can't put it on top of that if it's buckled. you got to take it apart and start again from the beginning. Yeah, and while you're at it, eat up at the door, eat up at the Which, of course, is minion for good luck with that project. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. We hope that you have had a fantastic holiday season. But the bad news is it's over and time to get back to work on your house. We're here, though, to help you 24-7. You can reach us at one money pit You can post your home improvement question to moneypit.com. And you can also reach out to us on Facebook and on Twitter because we'll be here for the entire year to help you get it done around your house. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.